Welcome, and thank you for streaming this sermon. At Heritage Baptist Church, we believe that the Word of God and the Gospel of Jesus can truly change lives. So it is our hope and prayer that this service stirs up your affection for Christ and helps you to draw closer to Him. For more information, please visit hbchazlett.org. All right, um, we've been studying for the last couple of months the book of Colossians, um, moving briskly along, two verses at a time. Dan, was that a snake over there? No, I'm just kidding, y'all. We just heard a rattle over there. I didn't know. I didn't know. Don't nobody get up and leave. Don't nobody get up and leave. It's just messing with you. I woke up last Sunday morning just kind of giddy from uh, looking outside and seeing the rain. Uh, man, I was excited. Uh, we need the rain, and, and uh, especially out around my place. And uh, I was pretty excited last Sunday. And I woke up this morning, and I was equally as excited because uh, it's Resurrection Sunday. You know, we, we, we should celebrate Resurrection Sunday every Sunday morning. That's why we worship on Sunday, upon the first day of the week. Um, Typically, we celebrate Resurrection Sunday on Easter Sunday. There's probably just a a group of people that don't even understand what Easter is, that we come to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But every Sunday, we as, as Christians celebrate Resurrection Sunday. We come together, we meet And we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But how many of us live in the resurrection? Think about that for a minute. How many of us actually live in the resurrection? Because Paul tells us that that's what we should be doing. Um, The resurrection of Christ changes everything about the whole world. Everything. You, You think about it. There's been quote-unquote, Messiahs come along, uh, the Mohammeds and, and the Buddhas and people. But they all passed away, as did ours, but ours rose again and is alive today, sitting at the right hand of the Father. That's different than any other religion there is. That makes us unique in that, that we live in the resurrection. See, now you are all listening to it. I don't even want to know. But we should all be living in the resurrection. Um, the, the uniqueness of our religion to have a resurrected Savior. You know, we all believe in the resurrection. The Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. That's why they come to Jesus and tried to trick him with their questions and stuff and and uh, we talked about it two or three weeks ago about, you know, if a, a woman's husband dies and she remarries the brother and then they all die, whose husband is it? <laughs> is she? Um, 
or whose wife is it when they get to heaven if there's a resurrection. Uh, Jesus said there'll be no marrying or, or giving in marriage in heaven. That doesn't replace anything about the resurrection. Um, there, there's many facts that we tend to, in our, our human minds, say that this is a fact or that's a fact, and that's not what makes it fact. The universe exists not because we understand that it exists. It exists because God says that's a fact. You know, when you got born again, saved, and, and written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, that become a fact. I don't care how old you get or how wise you get or how smart you think you get, and you begin to deny that, you can't deny that that's a fact. It's, it's a done deal. If, if you got saved... And, and your name was written down, that's a fact. We'll discuss some other facts after we pray. Lord God, I thank You for this day and each of those who come out to hear Your Word. Father, I pray that through Your Spirit, Lord, that we would teach and have understanding. Father, I pray that, uh, Lord, You'd fill me with Your Spirit. Lord, fill each of us with Your Spirit. Father, help us to see that we should live in the resurrection of life, Lord, and, and the examples that You've placed forward in Your Word. Father, I thank you for that. Lord, that uh, you'd receive all the glory in Christ's name. Amen. Facts are facts, not because we establish it, but because God establishes it. Uh, Nothing exists because we declare it. You know, we've got scientists that we've spent millions of dollars on trying to find out things. Uh, My wife was talking this morning that, you know, They've got it down to where they know what the atom is, but now they've split it down and, and they've got it down a little. I don't know what we're going to do when we find out, you know, what it all is. But we, we basically discover things that God put into existence. Those are the facts, not, not, not that we declare anything. It exists because of God. That's the fact. Um, there were uh, the cults at Coloss were trying to, again, mixed things in. They were they were they were real close to the truth. Okay? They weren't facts, but they were close to the truth. Um, it's true that there was the, the circumcision, but that was in the Old Testament. They they were close. You know, they said and and and, and look, you know, we're hundreds of years removed from it. We can look back on it and go, man, what were they thinking? But remember, they're living in that time right now and they're saying, hey, there there's got to be something else we can we can add to or something that we've got to do to keep up with our, our, our uh, religious beliefs. There were rules and regulations, but that was from the Mosaic Law. They were commanded, but again, it was from the law. We're not under the law, thank God. We're under grace. Um, there were principalities of darkness. There are uh, great powers do exist today that are guided by Satan. That, that we have to be aware of and be careful of. But again, it, it's real close. Angels do exist. You know, we each have guardian angels. Um, we read about angels in the Bible, but they're strictly forbidden to be worshipped. Strictly forbidden. Uh, we saw some of that trying to mix in there at Coloss. Um, even, even more current, as, as the infant church started... Tongues and prophecies and, and uh, the gifts of healing accompanied the creation of the early church. But it was something that was given to the apostles 
to, to get them to understand that this is what God's plan is now. You understand that it was given for a season and then it was no longer needed. It started to become a hindrance. Um, look, if you will, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Verse number 8, most of us are very familiar with this passage of Scripture. It's a corrective letter to the church at Corinth. Paul says in chapter 13 and verse 8, he says, Charity never faileth, but where there be prophecies, they shall fail. I'll tell you again, to be a prophet of God, you had to be 100% accurate. If you weren't 100% accurate, then it wasn't of God. It's that simple. If you say, well, no, God, God missed that one. No, that's not it. You were 100% uh, infallible or it wasn't a prophecy of God. It says where prophecies are made, Paul says when men make prophecies, they will fail. Hmm, that would have been prophecies of men. He says, uh, and where there be tongues, they shall cease. Where there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. Now they want to say this is Jesus Christ. When He comes, then uh, all that stuff done in part. But that is a neutered pronoun, so it can't be a person. That which is perfect. That's this right here, y'all. This is perfect. When that which is which has come, uh, which is perfect has come, then that which is in part shall be done away with. We don't need those things today. We have the whole Word of God. We, 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 don't have, uh, we don't have the infant church. We now have, we have it in totality here. We got the, the beginning and the end. Uh, but they, would, uh, they were given certain gifts so that, that the, the unlearned or the unknowing would, would look at them and say, hey, that must be a God. If, if, uh, if, if you raise somebody from the dead, you, you got people to set up and take notice. Hey, hey, they must have something going for them, right? Um, so, he says uh, in uh, chapter 14 and verse 21, the tongues became a hindrance, okay? He says, um, chapter 14 and verse 21, In the law it is written, With men of other tongues and other lips will I speak, unto this people, and yet for all that they will not hear me, saith the Lord. Look at what that says. It is written. In the Old Testament, this was written that God said, with men of other tongues. That's not some angel vocabulary or anything. Men with other tongues and other lips will I speak unto who? This people. The children of Israel. He said, I will speak to them. Understand, God's chosen people then and now is the children of Israel. Christ was taken away. They, they rejected Christ and now it's propagated through the church. So he says, I'll speak to this people through other tongues. So here, it's being transferred over and this is a sign for the Jews. He says, verse 22, Wherefore tongues are for a sign. Not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesying serveth not for them that believe not, 
but for them which believe. And, and here's where Paul makes it so clear and makes all the sense in the world. Verse 23, If therefore the whole church be come together into one place, and all speak with tongues, and there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers, will they not say that you're mad? That, that pretty well makes sense, doesn't it? You're, you need to be over here where we can visit. That, that, uh, that just makes sense. You know, if you invite some co-worker in and say, hey, come to church and, and you know, hear the preacher and you come in and everybody in here speaking in tongues, would, would they not say, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, I went on a TV show one time several years ago and the guy that was putting it together, he said, now, he stopped me and he said, now, this guy that's the producer, he says, uh, he says, he may go to speaking in tongues. And I said, man, don't put me on no TV set with, with the guy doing that. I'll walk off. I, that that, that doesn't, doesn't make sense anymore. He said, oh, no, no, no. He won't ever do it on stage. When they go doing that, I always kind of open one eye and look around, you know, just to make sure. Um, but I told him, I said, I don't, I don't cotton to any of that stuff. Uh, don't, don't put me in there with somebody that's doing that and people think that I'm, I'm persuaded that way. But it become a distraction. You know, somebody, somebody stands up and says, look at me. Um, we, uh, I'm not even going to go there. Um, I was going to tell them our topic yesterday, Casey, but I'm not going to go there. Um, so anyway, if you want to find out, ask her. Um, but we should be living in the resurrection. And, and what I wanted to show you is, is that, that they were trying to do and infiltrate the church in one way. In, in verse or chapters one and two, in chapter three, Paul or chapters one and two, Paul says, "Here's here's what not to do, or here's what not should be going on." He gets to chapter three and says, "Here's what it should be." I've explained to you what's not. Now I'm going to explain to you what is. Um, here's here's what should be going on. He said we should be living in the resurrection. I'm not there yet. Turn with me to John, chapter eleven. God gives us an example of people living in the resurrection. Gives us a, a living example of somebody that, uh, that experienced the resurrection of life. Anybody think of who that is? Lazarus experienced the resurrection. And not just him, but those who were around him. God's Word's better than mine, so as we read in chapter 11, verse 1, now, a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, uh, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. John's clarifying something. He wrote his gospel about 60 years after the other ones. Luke tells us that there was a woman who poured ointment on, on Christ and wiped his, him with her hair. He points her out and says, oh, by the way, that was Mary. That, this is who I'm talking about. So he's just clarifying some things, and then he's going to tell the story, okay? Verse 3, Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he, heard that, he said, The sickness is not unto death, but the glory of God, 
that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that saith he to to his disciples, Let us go into Judea again. His disciples said unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I might awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of him taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. And when, then, then when Jesus came, he found that he had laid in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh to Jerusalem, about fifteen furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she had heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary still sat in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been there, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it to thee. Jesus said unto her, Thou brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary her sister secretly, saying, The Master is come and calleth for thee. As soon as she had heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house and comforted her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man have opened the eye, could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. And Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that 
If thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I know that thou hearest me always. But because of the the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about him with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. But some went their ways to the Pharisees and told them the things which Jesus had done. Here we see the resurrection of Lazarus. We all understood the story. There's some dialogue that comes into effect here. And, and when, you, when you slow down and look at it, you see that, that both Mary and Martha both were more cumbersome about their feelings than their brother's feelings. I had an aunt pass away in the hospital, and they brought her back to life. And she was mad. She said, don't ever do that to me again. She had seen some part of glory, and she was mad. She said, I was home, and you brought me back here. You know why? Because we, we think more about ourselves. Mary and Martha both went to Jesus and said, You know what? If you had been here, I wouldn't be in the shape I'm in right now. I wouldn't have the feelings that I have right now. I wouldn't be hurting. Guess what? Neither would Lazarus. You know? But you look at their dialogue and you look and you, you see a different attitude with what they are. Look in uh, John chapter 12. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. We're talking about the resurrection, y'all. There they made him a supper... And Martha served. Martha had a servitude heart now. All John says is Martha served. Man, if we would live in the resurrection and get that servitude heart, that's all that needs to be said about us. Is he served. She served. Man, who's that so-and-so? I don't even know. that Boy, they're all the time serving. They, they serve. That's, that's, that's a servitude heart. Something that we see different that Martha has now than she had before the resurrection. She was living in the resurrection. She saw her brother resurrected back to life, into a physical life. Um, John says, Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the household was filled with the odor of the ointment. Mary worshipped the Lord Jesus. He had explained or tried to explain the resurrection before Lazarus' passing. He tried to explain that. Nobody got it. Mary got it. Look what, look what she did with this ointment. Says verse four. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. 
Why was this ointment not sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and he had the bag and bear with him what was put therein. Then said Jesus, let her alone against the day of my burying hath she kept this. Mary said, you know what? You're not going to need this. You're, you're not going to need this. She got it. She said, you're, you're not going to need this, this ointment. Who said, uh, hang on, let's don't open the stone. He's been dead four days and he's stinking. Jesus said, just do what I said. Roll the stone back and, and you'll see the glory of God. The, Jesus continues and says, For the poor always you have uh, have with you, but with, with me you have not always. Much people of the Jews therefore knew He was there. And they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom He had raised from the dead. Lazarus had a witness. Lazarus was witnessing. He was living in the resurrection. We have a brother and two sisters that was living in the resurrection. One ended up with a servitude heart. Another began to worship. And another began to witness. You know, I asked my wife this morning, I wonder how many of us that come to church every week, sometimes on Wednesdays, ever take the opportunity to witness to somebody. You know, I... My prayer is that God brings somebody my way. Bring somebody to me. Or, or uh, I've prayed for uh, 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 Brother Shepherd's dad to, to use Harry or, or, or use Jennifer or use somebody to, to get to him before he passes away. Um, but how many of us have a witness? How many of us been through something that everybody knows about and you're still standing here to talk about it? Look what God done for me. You know, there's your witness. Um, my wife and I was talking about this week, or maybe even as soon as today. Um, you know, I had a witness that, that God did something for me. When it happened to me, I, I asked God, why would you do this to me? And then I realized He didn't do it to me, He did it for me. He gave me a witness. He gave me something that I could witness about and give testimony as to, hey, here's what God did for me. Not what God did to me. Here's what God did for me. Um, God's not going to do something to us. He loves us. God, God will do stuff for us uh, that we, we look at it in a different light. But Lazarus had a worship. Look what happened here in verse 9. Much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. Man, they heard there was somebody resurrected back to life. I want to go see him. I want to see that guy that was dead, and now he's back alive again. Man, there's something different. There's something you don't see every day. Um... But the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus to death also. You know why? 
Because he was a walking testimony. Man, we need to get rid of that guy. People are getting saved because he's walking around. That's what it says. It says much of the Jews believed on him because they seen a guy that was living in the resurrection. And how much, how much would it mean today if the lost seen us driving to work, eating at restaurants, going to church to worship, living in the resurrection? That'd make it different, wouldn't it? People seeing us and saying, there's something different about that guy. You know, I, I had a guy that, that uh, started coming to church here. He called me on the phone and he said, I want what you got. I said, man, be careful there. He said, I, no, I'm serious. He said, I've seen you through the highs and lows and you just stay the same. I know it's all going to be all right. I know, I know who provides for me. I know who cares for me is, is my Father in heaven. I can stay on an even keel. I, I don't get excited like I used to. You know, uh, God increased my faith when, when things start going wrong. Um, Ephesians 2.6 says that we should sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Go to Colossians chapter 3. I told you that's what we were studying. Paul says, If ye then be risen with Christ, you can, you can use that word if that says since you've been risen with Christ. Look what he says. Who's he talking to? He's talking to us. He says, if ye, thee be, if ye thee be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. If we've been crucified, buried, and rose again with Christ, that's being saved. If we've been that, then we're on the resurrection side. Are we not? That's what Paul just said. He said, If then you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Quit letting the circumstances of this world bother you at all. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. And, uh, you know, the, the, the things of this life can beat us down very easily. You know? If we do like, like Peter and we begin to look around and, and see that we're in a raging storm, we'll sink. That's what he did. He stepped out there, he looked at Jesus and he said, let me come to you. And Jesus said, come on. And he stepped out there and he looked at his circumstances and he said, man, this can't be happening. In the circumstances that I'm in, I'm not supposed to be where I'm at. So you know what he did? He went to where he thought he was supposed to be. He started sinking. And then you know what? The only place he could turn to was back to Jesus' face. And Jesus put him where he should have been, in high places with Christ Jesus. If we live in the resurrection side, the things of this world won't bother us near what we think it will. He says, set your affections on things above 
not on things on the earth. He says, you know, it's okay to have nice things here. I I enjoy nice things here. Uh, We've got a wonderful place. I thank God for it daily. Um, But man, i got a mansion in heaven. You know, I heard a song this weekend that said, uh, you know, there's... My father's house has many rooms. His might, but I got a mansion of my own. That's what the Word of God says. Um, set your things, set your affection on things above, not on things of this earth. And I, I have family that are so concentrated on things of this earth that life just passes them by. You know, you just look up one day and. You know, you're 50 or 60 years old, and where'd it go? I got all these things. What did that do for you? You know, I, 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 got, I acquired all this stuff. I don't know where my kids are, but I, I, I acquired all this stuff. And I just, it, it concerns me of setting your, your affection on things here. You understand that it's fodder for the fire, right? I've explained this time and time again, I have one of my dad's world champion buckles at my house. It means a lot to me. It doesn't mean to me what it meant to him. It doesn't mean to my children what it means to me. And my grandchildren will sell it one day in a garage sale for five bucks. I'll guarantee it. Because it doesn't mean the same. You know, um, we we... My daughter's been home for a week. Praise God, she's going to Lubbock today. She's about wore me out. <laughs> she comes home and cleanses. Not herself, our house. So we goodwilled it. She and I was unloading two truckloads yesterday. And I set a computer off to the side and I thought, Wow, I wonder what we gave for that. I wonder how much we gave for that in the day. And I just set it under a Goodwill trailer like it didn't cost anything. I I thought about that. You know, here's microwaves and and all the stuff in the world. No telling. I'd be embarrassed to probably tell what we give for it. How about when something new comes out and you give that exuberant price for it? About two, three months later, you know, they're selling them on the street corner somewhere or in a kiosk in the mall. You know? It doesn't mean what it did then. And I'm telling you, we accumulate things that don't mean anything. They mean something at the time. You know, I got a bunch of prizes that I won that don't mean diddly now. You couldn't melt them down and make a house payment. You know, at the time, they meant everything in the world, but now they don't mean anything. I told you all, my family has, has, has pushed my 32 years of rodeo career into a corner in the living room. Got a saddle and two pictures of me when I used to ride. That's it. And those are on the way out, I know it. Matter of fact, they're not hanging up now, are they? I see, there was a no. No, they're out, they're out. They don't mean what they did at one time, y'all. And, and all of us have things that, that we accumulate things, our affections here, that, that just mean everything in the world. And... and I remember at the time that we were going through all this that, man, it was life. I'm telling you, everything that we did was was to pursue one more, one more, one more, one more. And God got a hold of my heart 
and my body and said, hey, that's not what we need to be doing. And everything changed. Everything, my affections changed from that to the things above. And you know what happened? God gave me those things. He just gave me those things. Um, if we live in the resurrection, how much difference would that make in this world if lost people started seeing us going around living in the resurrection? I'm talking about facts, y'all. I'm not talking about some hypothesis that, that somebody thought of. I'm talking about the resurrection is real. Not because, not because we think it is, because God says it's real. Jesus Christ is the firstborn of the resurrection. That's a fact, not of us, of God. If we hang on to that and we say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm living for the other side. I got, I got a real good friend of mine in Alabama. He's a rodeo announcer. He always used to say to me when, when we'd leave, and the last time I saw him, he said it. My wife can quote it. He said, if I don't see you again, I'll see you on the other side. Amen. You know what? I hadn't seen him in a long time, but I know I'll see him on the other side. And I knew what he meant when he said it. My grandfather was laying on his deathbed. He had had hospice come in, and they was morphining him up. And, and uh, I came into the room and hung around a little while, and, and uh, he couldn't speak. They'd taken his voice box out and, and uh, had throat cancer. And, and uh, I just looked at him. I said, Grandpa, I'll see you later. And my cousin was standing behind him. He said, no, 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 you won't. Because my uncle had said, if he goes, don't revive him. Don't call 911. Let him go. And I just looked at her and I said, he knows what I mean. Because he professed Jesus Christ. Amen. We were in the hospital, I think. I don't remember why. Uh, either I had a kid in there or my, uh, my brother's son was in there. But my grandma brought my grandfather in when he could still talk, and she was doing something in the car, and she said, "Wait for him, wait with him in the in the waiting room." And I said, "Sure." So I said in there, "My grandfather was a crusty old guy, World War veteran, you know. I mean, just just crusty." Um, we were just sitting in there, quiet, you know. I was young. He said, "I'm going to be all right." What do you say? Sure, Grandpa, you're going to be fine. That's what I, I said. Sure, you're going to be fine. He said, No. All you got to do is believe in Jesus Christ, and I do. Wow. My crusty old grandfather said that. He pro professed Jesus Christ. And I know he's in heaven today. I know he is because he professed Christ Jesus. And I told my cousin, I said, No, I'll see him again. And she said, no, 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 you, you probably won't. I said, he knows what I mean, and he smiled at me. I said, I'll see you again. You know why? Because I believe in the resurrection. Amen. I believe in the resurrection of life. I believe that, that one day that his body will be reunited. In the day of the rapture, he'll be reunited with his body. Paul said, you know what? We need to be living in the resurrection every day. Man, people came to Judea to see this guy walking around alive. He was dead, not because it says so here. It's a fact. He was dead. They said, man, we've got to go see this. I wonder what tickets are. 
we got to go see. We got to go see this guy. And look what it says. It says that that many believed on him because they saw that he was alive. And they said, "Wow, it, I guess it is true." I wonder what the Sadducees thought. Hey, wait a minute. That's not. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. Whoops. Rewrite some of that. But how would it be that the lost people that we're connected with all the time saw us living in the resurrection? Lazarus went through the resurrection. Mary and Martha were just witnesses to it. Martha served. Man, what, what a servitude heart that she ends up with. Remember the dialogue before? She comes up to the creator of the universe and says, You know what? If you'd have been here, if you'd have been here, I wouldn't be in the shape I'm in. Mary's sitting at the house. She's crying so much she won't even come out. People are coming over to, to uh, comfort her. And, and man, we're just in a wreck. If you'd, if you'd only been here, Jesus said, No, I wasn't here, thank God, so that you can see the glory of God. But she had a servitude heart change. Mary began to worship. You know, we, we have, have, have no evidence that Mary was ever at the crucifixion or the tomb. She said, no need for me to go down there. He's not going to be there long. Matter of fact, he told us three days. There's no need for me to go down there. Why would they go down there? To anoint his dead body. She said, you're not going to need this. Because in three days, you're coming back out. He was seen walking with hundreds. Identified with hundreds of people. Mary was She got it. She got it. After the resurrection... And she said, oh, the resurrection, of I see now. We're only here for a short time. We're in eternity, or we're in heaven for eternity. We, we, can't, we can't fathom that. But we look at this space here and we say, wow, you know, um, I'm going to be old in about six months. I am, I'm catching some of y'all. I don't mentally think that but physically I do um, I can't run as fast or jump as high as I used to anybody testify there yeah I still think I can I'll tell you a real quick story my wife got mad at me one time in the last 15 years I was filming rodeos I had the North Texas rodeo uh, at Denton and we were filming it so I, in my truck by myself, I run up there. I get everybody set up. I was entered in a rodeo at Giddings, Texas, which is down by Austin. So I didn't tell her because I knew it would be a battle. She'd say, no, you're tired. You know, you can't do it. So I didn't tell her. Mistake number one. <laughs> Learned my lesson there. I went and set up the rodeo. I drove to Giddings, Texas. I won the bull riding. I drove back to Denton. Got them all finished up there, and I was driving home. I called her on the phone, and I said, uh, well, we got the rodeo done. You know, everything's put up. I was just kind of, you know, checking it. And just in passing conversation, I said, oh, by the way, I won Giddings. She said, well, what? You, did, you didn't tell me. What if something would have happened? I said, I still think I can do everything. That was about ten years ago. So Now I don't, I don't think I can still do everything. But if we all live like we live in the resurrection, 
What difference would it make at our work and in society in general? What would, it, what would it make if we live like Mary and Martha and Lazarus? We can serve, we can worship, or we can have a witness. We all need to have a witness. Just tell them what God's done for you. Again, it's all based on fact. Everything that we discuss out of God's Word is based on fact. Not because we denote it, but because God says it. The universe exists because God says it. Let's pray. Lord, thank You again, Lord, for Your Word. Father, allow us to live in the resurrection of life. Lord, that we would know, Lord, and and hold deep in our hearts that, Lord, one day... Lord, we'll live forever. Lord, thank you for this life. Lord, help us to use this life to the glory of you. In Christ's name. On behalf of our church and staff, thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons and more information about our church, please visit hbchazlett.org.